started by singing some praises to our awesome God. R. God promises to remember me.
bananas I think that mangoes are sweet I like papayas But nothing can be that sweet Love of God I like bananas I think that mangoes are sweet I like papayas But nothing can be that sweet Love of God I was walking around in circles five miles an hour Trying to get my way back to my heavenly father The world tastes sweet But then it turns sour Then I let him in and receive his power I like bananas, I think that mangoes are sweet I like papayas, but nothing can be that sweet Love of God I like bananas, I think that mangoes are sweet I like papayas, but nothing can be that sweet Love of God Sweet love of Yes, will you please? Why, child, have you been crying? 
What's the matter? I'm sorry, mistress, but sometimes I do get homesick for my parents and for Israel. I try not to be sad, and I don't... I know, I know. You're a brave and cheerful girl, and I love you for it. I'll try harder to make you happy here. Oh, mistress, you are good to me, and I am so glad that God had you by me. I thank him every night for his goodness to me. How can you thank your God for what he's done for you? Why, he let the Syrians defeat your nation, and he let you be taken captive and sold as a slave? I should think you'd forget all about him and worship my God. See? Isn't he pretty? But your God is a God of wood. My God is a living God. And I know he allowed our nation to suffer defeat in the war with your nation. But that was because so many of our people had ceased to serve him. But he still blesses us as individuals if we love and obey him. Well, he, he let you be taken captive and sold as a slave. True, and I don't know why, yet. Maybe I will never know, but my parents taught me that God has a reason for allowing even unpleasant things to happen to us sometimes. But if we will love and trust him, he will make good come out of it. Oh, my, but you're a strange little thing. But I called you to carry in the bathwater for Master Naaman. Well, I, no, I'd better ask one of the older servants. The water would be too heavy for you. But I to mistress. Master Naaman is a great man. That's why your king made him captain over all the armies. You know about my husband? Oh, yes, mistress. All Israel knows what a brave and good soldier he is. And I'm so sorry, mistress, that Master Naaman has leprosy. You know about that, too? Yes, mistress. And I wish with all my heart that Master Naaman could go to the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure the master of leprosy. God has prophets who will help and minister. Captain, sir. Yes? I've heard about the new slave your wife has, a, a little girl. Yes. Seems awfully nice. A cheerful and willing worker, that's sure. Hmm, what about her? Well, Captain, sir, I understand that she claims that there's a man in Israel who can cure leprosy. Yes, she's been trying to get me to go and see her prophet. She's sure that he can cure me of, you know, and I have heard tales about miracles and mysterious things happening in Israel. Well, maybe the little girl is right. Maybe there is a man in Israel who can... Oh, no. No, there is no cure for leprosy. Yet some of the things I've heard about Israel and Israel's God are true. You may come forward, Naaman. Long live the king. Long live the king. Yes? I wish to request a favor of my king. No reasonable request will be denied the captain of my forces. O oh, king, it is said there is a man in Israel who is able to cure me of my leprosy. I wish permission from my king to go there and see if this be true. Permission granted. Scribe, write a parchment to the king of Israel stating that my captain comes on a peaceful mission. Sign it with my signet ring and let Captain Naaman take it with him. Lackey, this parchment... The king of Syria must be crazy to think that I can cure leprosy. Who am I, God, that I can kill and make alive? Hmm. Or is this merely a trap? If I don't cure Naaman's leprosy, and I can't, 
His king will have a good excuse to send his servants and kill me. Great and wise king of Israel, my king wrote this parchment at my request. It is not a trap, but an honest desire on my part to be cured of leprosy. Lackey, see that the Syrian captain and his men are comfortably quartered for the night and escorted safely to the border in the morning. Yes? Oh, I am Naaman, captain of the Syrian forces. Is this the abode of Elisha the prophet? It is. There came a message to your king stating that Elisha the prophet wished me to come here. He did send such a message, sir. May I see him? He wished me to give thee this message. Go, O Naaman, and wash in the river Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be rid of thy leprosy. Isn't Elisha at home? Yes, sir. But he instructed me to give unto thee only the message. Good day to you, sir. He wouldn't even bother to see me. Come then, back to Syria. Oh, I thought surely he would come out and at least wave his hand over me to cure the leprosy. Bathe seven times in the muddy waters of Jordan. Why, if I wanted to bathe in a river, I wouldn't choose the Jordan. The rivers back home in Damascus are much cleaner. Captain, sir, had Elisha bid thee to do some great and brave thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much simpler to merely wash and be cured. Yes. Yes, you're right. Come, we shall go to the Jordan, and I'll dip myself seven times in its waters. flesh is as clean and as pure as a newborn baby's. The leprosy is gone from thee. It is. It is. Praise be unto the God of Israel. Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at one 800 634 0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Well, hi, Mariam. Did you come to visit your old grandmother? Oh, Grandma, you're not old. You're just very mature. <laughs> Sounds like something your daddy would say. So tell me, sweet granddaughter, why did you come to sit on my porch on this lovely spring evening? Actually, I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be you. My teacher at school wants us to find some interesting characters in our town and ask them about life. Well, I'm flattered to be considered interesting. Okay, question one. What was your greatest achievement in life? That's easy. My son, your daddy, he grew up to be a fine man. Dad, he's your greatest achievement? Yep, and fruit salad. People really like my fruit salad. Fruit salad. Okay. Question two. If you could live your life again, what would you do different? Hmm. That's a tough one. Probably some would say, I don't want to make the same mistakes. But it's our mistakes that teach us the most. So I wouldn't change that. And I'd spend more time praising and less time complaining. What do you mean? I'd spend more time thanking God for my blessings and less time complaining to him about my problems. Most of our problems are the result of our making bad choices. So why complain to God because we messed up? Thanks, Grandma. You know what? You are an interesting person. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Have you ever been asked to be in a wedding? Maybe someone wanted you to be a junior bridesmaid or an usher. Maybe they wanted you to light the candles or spread flower petals. If you have, you know how crazy the wedding planning and rehearsals can be. That's what Maria finds out in this shoebox kid's mystery. This time, Maria has a real problem. She's excited about being in her aunt's wedding, but everything is going wrong. Should she refuse to be a junior bridesmaid? Can you figure out what happened to Maria's missing dress before she does? Chapter 1. The Wrong Dress Mom! The phone's ringing. Mom? That's funny, Maria thought. I wonder where Mom is. Puzzled, she put down her book and hurried to answer the phone. She and Mom were the only two at home because Dad, Chris, and Yo-Yo were grocery shopping. But now it didn't even look as if Mom was home. Maybe she's outside, Maria decided. Hello? May I speak to Mr. or Mrs. Vargas? The man's voice on the other end of the line asked. My mom is outside, Maria said. I hope, she thought. She had been told never to tell anyone on the phone that she was home alone. May I ask who's calling, she asked. This is Pastor Hill, the voice said. Who is this? Hi, Pastor Hill, Maria said. You know who I am. This is Maria Vargas. Pastor Hill chuckled. Hi, Maria. May I take a message, Maria asked. She waited for Pastor Hill to answer. He took a long time before saying anything, as if he were thinking really hard. No, thank you. I'll call later, he said. Then he hung up. Suddenly, Maria saw a brown delivery van driving up outside. Something clicked in her brain, and she hurried to the front window. 
Not only did the delivery van stop right in front of her house, but Mom was standing in the front yard, too. And she was talking to Pastor Hill. Maria went outside. She stared at her mom and Pastor Hill. Pastor Hill was making a lot of motions with his hands. How could Pastor Hill be in my front yard talking to my mom, Maria thought. I just got through talking to him. Pastor Hill smiled. He didn't say anything. Maria frowned. Hi, Pastor Hill. What's the matter, Maria? Mrs. Vargas asked. You look puzzled. Maria wanted to say she had just talked to Pastor Hill on the phone. But then she thought how funny that would sound since Pastor Hill must have been standing right out here in front of their house all the time. If Pastor Hill wasn't the one who called, who was it? The driver got a package out of his van and walked up to them. Maria had almost forgotten. It's here. It finally came. What's here? Mrs. Vargas asked with a knowing smile. My dress, the one I get to wear for Aunt Angelina's wedding, Maria squealed. The delivery driver handed Mrs. Vargas a box. Will you please sign this, he asked, handing over a clipboard. Maria watched her mom sign her name. Then she waved goodbye to the delivery man as he walked back to his van. Can I go try my dress on right now, Mom? Take it inside, and I will be there as soon as I can, Mrs. Vargas said. Maria went inside and set the box on the dining room table. When Mom comes in, I'm going to tell her about the mysterious phone call, she decided. It seemed like hours, but it was really only a few minutes before Mrs. Vargas came back inside. Maria had been concentrating so much on the box with her dress in it that she forgot all about the phone call. She didn't even realize she was impatiently tapping her fingers on the table. I'm hurrying as fast as I can, Maria. I know, Mom. I'm just so excited. I mean, I've seen the dress in the catalog picture Angelina showed me, but it's just not the same as being able to touch it and put it on. I want to see how pretty it looks on me. Mrs. Vargas smiled. I'm sure it will look just beautiful on you, Maria. Mrs. Vargas slid a small knife along the taped ends of the cardboard box. Soon she pulled up one flap, then another flap. Maria leaned over the box as far as she could. As Mrs. Vargas gently lifted the pink dress out of the box, Maria caught her breath. It's beautiful. Mrs. Vargas agreed. She held the dress up and turned it around. Then she got a puzzled look on her face. I wonder... Maria waited breathlessly for her mom to say what it was she was wondering. Stand here, Mrs. Vargas said. Maria moved over in front of her mom. Mrs. Vargas held the dress up to Maria's shoulders. She pursed her lips and studied it carefully. You had better try it on, Maria. Maria saw the concerned look on mom's face. What's wrong? Just go try on the dress, Maria, Mrs. Vargas insisted. Maria took the dress and went upstairs to her room. She quickly slipped the dress over her head. Then she looked at herself in the mirror. Oh, no, she exclaimed. I can't wear this. I'm glad Dad, Chris, and Yo-Yo are grocery shopping, Maria thought, as she went downstairs in her bare feet. I don't want them to see me like this. That doesn't look too short, her mom said when she saw Maria. It is too short, Maria almost shouted. I can't wear this dress to the wedding. Why not? It's very pretty, especially on you. Did you look in the mirror? Maria let out a big sigh. Of course I looked in the mirror. That's why I don't think I can wear this dress. It's not long enough. It's not too short, Mrs. Vargas said. It's a modest dress. But it won't be like all the other bridesmaids' dresses. It won't be long and touch the floor. Can't we fix it, Maria pleaded. I don't want to look out of place. Mrs. Vargas sighed. If we had the time. But since Ben and Angelina moved their wedding up, we just can't. Their wedding is just two days away. Maria plopped down on one of the dining room table chairs and rested her chin on the palms of her hands. I don't want to be in the wedding. 
Mrs. Vargas smiled. It won't be as bad as you think it will be, Maria. Why did Ben and Angie have to make their wedding so soon? Maria wanted to know. If they were getting married on the 4th of June like they were supposed to, we would have time to fix the dress. Mrs. Vargas picked up her dust rag and started dusting the living room. Because Ben has been called to be a pastor in Idaho. They need a pastor right away, and both Ben and Angie wanted to be married so they can go together. While Maria was sitting at the table, she heard a low, familiar noise come from outside. It took her a second to realize the sound was a car pulling into the driveway. Oh no, Dad and Chris and Yo-Yo are here. She barely made it upstairs before the front door opened. Strawberry Nugget Blue Mountain Ripple Ice Cream, Maria heard Chris announce as he entered the house. That's what we're having for dessert. Maria hurried and slipped out of the dress and put her jeans and shirt back on. She brushed her hair because it looked like she'd just pulled a dress over her head. She didn't want to leave any clues that she had the dress. Otherwise, she would have to put it on and let Dad see it. Before she went out of her room, she put the dress back in its box and slid it under the bed. But she couldn't get it out of her mind. What am I going to do, she thought. Then she thought about Jenny and Dee Dee. They would be at the shoebox tomorrow. Maybe they would have an idea. Suddenly, she remembered something. I forgot to tell Mom not to say anything. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 6, The Wedding Dress Disaster, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.